Okay, hello everybody, and welcome to another great episode of Pop Culture and Penicillin. I am the Dr. Warren here with my co-host, Dr. LJ. Welcome everyone. Yes, yes, thank you. And it is the beautiful month of February, and you know what that means, LJ, correct? Happy Black History Month. Yes, yes, happy I'm Black History Month. of beauty and things that are you know associated with love, it's what? all for the month where we celebrate Valentine's Day. Yes, yes, it is. It is. How? What's Don't the word I'm looking for? My Valentine's Day. <laughs> Why? It wasn't that good? And then I was working. I was in the hospital. I oh, that's patient. right. You told me that. You told me that. I'm sorry. We and just so had a conversation I, about that. I was a lonely Valentine. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah. But you made other people's Valentine's Day very nice, I'm pretty sure. I'm hoping. Yes, because you saved your life, correct? (laughs) (laughs) I try. By default. Yeah. By default, yeah. But yeah, it was, I spent it in the hospital, but I made sure that I spread the love, made sure that my mom and my sisters in particular were very well, you know, lauded and celebrated. Oh, you brought them gifts? No. Because I didn't get a gift. For what? Oh, for, why would I send you a gift? I'm just saying, you don't want making all the money nowadays. First and foremost, I will not allow this lie and deceit to <laughs> to be propagated on this channel. Yeah. Oh, no. I bought my yeah. Valentine's Day gift though. But then I sent my so you know my family's still in the Bahamas and so it's difficult. And so I did it via like the internet and also via the phone the phone lines, but got them arrangements and had them delivered to, to their Oh wife. so you so, did get them gifts then? You did? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can get me a gift at the same time. Is that what I'm hearing? The question I would ask you is not. I know. <laughs> I can't I say know. the podcast. <laughs> I, know, I know exactly what you would ask right now. Okay. But We're digressing. Is. We're digressing. Right? Right yeah. Yes. But yeah, mm-hmm. anyway, it was a great weekend for myself as well. But yeah, so let's just jump right into it. What do you think? Yeah. Well, how's your, how's, how have things been with you since we last checked in? Well, I mean, same old, same old, you know. And getting adjusted to the A. I'm going to the different pockets within Atlanta. So checking out Buckhead more nowadays. And then we went to Inman Park this past weekend and the Beltline, which is really nice as well. Yeah. So it's nice. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm exploring more and kind of settling down into my new city. I like nice. it. Becoming an Atlanta. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And then I, t- I told you, I don't know if I told you, but I went to the that conference, that leadership conference, like a you couple did. weeks back. Yeah. And I told you Tristan Walker was going to be the keynote speaker. So yes. he spoke, amazing speaker, amazing just story, you know, just from the ground up. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, as he's talking, I said, just so the listeners know, who is Tristan Walker? Oh, he's the CEO of Bevel, which is a shaving system made for uh, for people of color for with for their skin type, basically. And their hair I type. use Bevel. I love the product. Yeah. Bevel is not sponsoring this or endorsing us in any way, but Bevel is is life. But Bevel, <laughs> if changed. you want to sponsor us, Bevel, please do, because you went to their <laughs> pop up shop, right? Remember we that? Did. It was. Uh, at this festival. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I've heard like a lot of podcasts I listen to. They advertise Bevel and I've used some of the Bevel, Bevel products. I have their razor and their electric razor and I love it. Anyway, so I heard him speak or heard him speak and literally halfway through his, the, the interview with him, I thought to myself, I really just, when I said, well, I want to work with him on something and I had a couple ideas. And so I was like, I just want to at least just meet him. 
And so after this, the, uh, the, the interview with him, I went downstairs, like I said, orchestra section of the, the auditorium. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to wait and like see what happens. Because they came back on stage and they were taking pictures. And I saw them kind of go back off stage, like stage right. And so I said, okay, there has to be like a door back there. So I went out the orchestra and I saw like a door that went went back and I heard like voices and I saw other people who were speaking coming out that door. And I said, I'm just going to walk through this door. I'm just going to wait here. So I wait there and sure enough, like this dude, tall dude walks up, it's Tristan Walker. And so I'm like, okay, nervous just got to me. So... (laughs) I walk ahead of him and I'm walking kind of slow, but looking back and two or three steps in, I'm just, I'm just like, you know, you can't look odd or weird. That's going to freak him out. So then I turn to uh, this woman, he's talking to him or talking to him and I say, Hey, Tristan, how are you doing? You know, I love your products. I think your story is amazing. Kind of compliment him on, you know, his philosophy and life and so forth. And I say, can I get a picture? He was like, yeah, sure. Cool. No problem. And he like, turns to the girl that's talking to and uh, hands her uh, my camera, my phone, and takes two pictures with me and was like, yo, it was like, it was, it was great. It was cool. It was very, first, it was the first quote unquote celebrity I've met in Atlanta. <laughs> but then I was proud of myself because I moved to Atlanta to, to take more initiative in things that I want to accomplish. And so meeting him was, was a, I don't know, it sounds very corny, but I guess one step to displaying that or acting on that and on the reason why I came to Atlanta. No. And again, I have ideas of, of how I would want to work with him. So the fact that Did I like, you present those things to him, I didn't do it then because I'm just like, we, yeah, I, it was. He had just walked out the bath. I think he was on his way someplace. I didn't have my elevator speech ready. Which, by the way, everybody have an elevator speech ready. And my professor in business school told me about this, but I just wasn't expecting to like actually meet Tristan Walker. So clearly, you didn't pay attention or take heed to that advice. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. But still, I have it. Have it now. And yeah. And then when I pitch it to him, I want to have it in order because I thought there would be a lot of questions he would ask me that I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to answer. And you know, you have that one time, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you Shark Tank. Yeah. Yeah. I love Shark I Tank. But you see, similar to that show, you need to have all of your details and all of your ducks in a row because if you can't, then your presentation is just sunk. Yes, it does. Cool. it does. Yeah, but I will say though that you your the lead up to actually meeting him sounds a little stalkerish, you know. <laughs> it was, and I was trying not to be stalkerish. <laughs> and this just like the security was there in the orchestra section, and this guy was like looking at me, but I had like my I mean I looked pretty official. I had my suit on and everything, and so but he was looking at me as if as if like I don't know if you're supposed to be here, but you like you might need to be here. Exactly. It was security, real nervous, working overtime. You know, who is this guy? They probably ran a background check on you. Was but you know thing? what? I got my picture though. I got my <laughs> picture. Oh, and then yeah. I met. And then remember the girl? I'm gonna say her name on the podcast. Remember the girl that we met uh, that sold this the uh, the the bubble stuff. At, yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. In yeah. Wallen? So yeah. So she lives in Atlanta, and so I hit her up. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Yo, guess who I met? I was like, She's like, Who? Like Tristan Walker? She's like, Oh, it's not. I haven't met him yet. Like, I yeah. <laughs> Essence was cool because remember when we were getting our bevel stuff, Brother Hunter was also getting his hair cut at the same time. Who? So, Brother Hunter? He's that he's like a supermodel, a black guy who's like Oh yes, yes, yes. So that was pretty cool. In addition nope. to like all of the other cream of the crop in New Orleans that came yeah. over there. So it was really cool. So yeah. That's pretty, that's nice. Maybe, I guess <laughs> the time since we last spoke hasn't been really as exciting for me. I think I've been, you know, you can see now I'm sitting, you know, wrapped up in an electric blanket. 
I am really experiencing what it means to be cold. So I thought that February just now you're experiencing this. I don't know. I think that for some reason in my brain, in my mind, I thought that, okay, after January, February, it would start to warm up, but it has been, I mean, really cold. I think it just took me by surprise and I've had some culture shock in a way because I think for me, I expected all of this to be done. And now I'm re-experiencing the cold weather to an extreme that I didn't anticipate. You know what? You mentioned it takes you by surprise. It takes me by surprise that you're just now understanding coldness because every time you talk to me, I'm, I, even, I get cold. I want to bundle up <laughs> as you talk to me about, about how cold it is there. Yeah, and you see this electric blanket. This is given to me yes. by my roommate, the one and only Dr. Bruce Bruce. You guys should follow him on Instagram. He's a cool guy. But he sent this to me as, as a Christmas present because he's like, I figured you'd be, you'd be pretty cold. And oh, I, that was a good gift. This is one of the most important and practical gifts I've received. And so I truly, truly appreciate it. And I use it pretty much every night. It looks okay. And it, it uh, plugs up and everything like that? It does. This is, here's the electrical outlet. Oh, okay. and it's like, okay. It has different levels. You can dial up the heat. You can dial it down. You can put it on a timer. And so you can say, I want to be heated for one hour. I want two hours, three hours. And so it's real cool. So having, I like you know, that. Kind of, it's pretty cool. But having exhausted that topic, I think we should move into the meat of the, of the podcast today. Yes, let's do that. And so the thing that I think has been pretty interesting that we've been meaning to talk about is the whole Lizzo and Jillian Michaels, pardon me, controversy. And mm-hmm. so for those who don't know, Jillian Michaels, who's a fitness expert, made a comment where she essentially intimated that Lizzo celebrating being a large, uh, more voluptuous woman was something that ought not be celebrated because if she were to get diabetes, it wouldn't be something that was so great. And so it caused a lot of controversy because I think the way that it came off would seem to be mean-spirited and unkind and untoward. And so she took a ton of heat for it. And Lizzo clapped back in the most epic of ways. And so I just thought it would be interesting for us to discuss uh, issues surrounding body image, body shaming, fat shaming, all of those things. And so any particular thoughts from you, Dr. Warren? The Dr. Warren. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. I think, you know, obviously I, I agree. I, I don't think, I think we, you know, when, when we're talking, you know, it's not, we don't understand how we say it comes off. So, you know, I'm just going to preface what I'm going to say with that. So I don't think she meant to be mean to say anything ill toward Lizzo, but, you know, I think assuming that Lizzo is unhealthy because of her weight is a bit presumptuous, you know? And I think, you know, she, again, I think she just misspoke, but I think the message that she was trying to get forth is that instead of pushing for the notion or the thought that to try to be obese, just love yourself and love who you are and be the healthiest self you are. And that that puts you at weight X and that puts you at weight X. But as long as you're living a healthy life or striving to live a healthy life, then that, that you should be happy with that. Agreed. I think as physicians, we have greater insight into why individuals, the size that they are. I think when you take in the whole picture and you understand circumstances surrounding 
access to healthy food, people living in food deserts. Then you have individuals who are on medications that cause them to be big. You have people who have certain medical conditions that prevent them from exercising, so on and so forth. And so there are many reasons why someone may be the size that they are. And then you have some people who are just naturally larger than mm-hmm. what society appreciates or accepts as being yeah, yeah. a healthy size. And so I thought it really, I thought it was in poor taste of her to say what she said, even if the meaning was taken out of context. Because I think any time that you have to be explaining away what she said, it's problematic. You know? mm-hmm. And so, and then what's interesting too, if you look at Lizzo's Instagram, you see Lizzo actively working out with a trainer. And so clearly she's seeking to be healthy and you can be someone who's larger and be healthy. And so I think just assuming that because someone is bigger than you, expect them to be as it relates to society's acceptable standards, then that's problematic. Yeah, and I think people do that because just full, you know, being fully transparent, obesity by statistics is associated with poor health, poor uh, uh, comorbidity, such as cancer, such as heart disease, diabetes, um, and other like bad uh, health conditions. So I, that's where that comes from. However, speaking, it's an association, not a causation. So you can't say obesity causes these diseases. Exactly. They are associated with these diseases. So that's where she, her flaw is. And like I said before, just like you can be obese and unhealthy, you can also be skinny and unhealthy as well. And very uh, unhealthy. Yeah. And very unhealthy. I've, you know, I see it all the time. I think really what it is that, sh- that uh, Jillian is confusing so Lizzo's on this whole body positivity campaign. And I think the scare is that it's going to, well, the, the general idea is that it's supposed, you're supposed to be accepting of all body forms and to address unrealistic standards for beauty. But the criticism of it is that it damages the people's perception of obesity. It might hinder people who are obese and unhealthy from losing weight. So they're confusing the whole idea and what is really meant, the philosophy behind it. So I think that's something that, me personally, and correct me if I'm wrong, I really haven't heard when I, I went back and I looked at a lot of Lizzo's videos and her interviews when she talked about it. I think she does a great job about talking about body acceptance, but she doesn't really talk about the health part of it. And I think that's where she might dodge a lot of the criticism because then it kind of brings it all together. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But I think it's asking a lot, right? Because that's not her, her lane, right? So she's not someone who's a healthcare professional. And I think when you look at what she's demonstrating and you see her working out with a trainer and being active and seeking to incorporate everything that we tell our patients to incorporate to be healthy, then I think that she's fulfilling her mission. I think it's important that we celebrate body positivity because we see in our everyday work people who have very serious issues with their body image. And so we have body dysmorphia across the gamut of patients that we see. And so I think... By elevating body positivity, you teach people or you encourage them to accept the bodies that they're in. And I think that if we're able to do that, we, in this age of social media, where we see all of these unrealistic body types flashed in front of us on a daily basis, um, and we're you know bombarded with all these unrealistic things by celebrities who've had plastic surgery and injections here and injections there. It's important that people recognize that you can love who you are and accept your natural body form. Yeah. And I agree with you. And I, I agree with you. I think, you know, obviously we have to stay in our lane. However, I don't, I'm not asking her to speak to the level of a physician, but I think 
her talking more about her healthy lifestyle and how she lives healthy, just her, like her, even just, if it's just her, like and what she does, I think will drive forward the message that will, again, help her dodge this criticism about how she's trying. She's giving people who are overweight and unhealthy an unrealistic philosophy or meaning of what it means to have body positivity. You can be happy with your body, but also strive your best to be the healthiest, you know, whatever that is. With the understanding that, you know, we all know that there are obstacles to a healthy lifestyle, such as access, social economic status, and so forth. But at least True. address it and mention it so that it's a part of the conversation. Agreed. And I mean, that's a reasonable ask, I think. But I still think oftentimes we expect, and I guess I should backtrack and say, to whom much is given, much is expected. And so with the platform that she has, while she is, you know, exalting body positivity, she should also be saying, okay, we're seeking also to be healthy. And these are healthy ways. These are ways that you can ensure that you're the most healthy and doing the things that will allow you to remain healthy. Yeah, but I agree. interesting, interesting, I guess, discourse that happened <laughs> in social media because of the statement that was made, because it brought all of this to the fore. And there was so much, mm-hmm. so much tension and, you know, yeah. back and forth yeah. regarding it. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that Jillian Michaels was out of pocket in the sense that she would not have said that in the manner that she did if Lizzo was in front of her. And you would think that she'd be a little bit more sensitive about those things, given that she's in the profession and she's, I'm sure, worked with persons who have had issues with weight. I'm laughing because I just had an image in my head of what would have happened had she said that to front of Lizzo. I'm just, right? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And so it's, almost as, it's almost like those people who, you know, have all of the bravado behind the True. shelter of social media, you know, yeah. over the internet. They can say whatever they want. But bring them face to face with the person they're addressing, and it would be a totally different, you know, circumstance altogether. And so, pretty cool. So, one of the other cool things that happened was that, I guess in the intervening period, I think we spoke about this the last time, was that I went to Oprah's 2020 wellness tour when it came to Minneapolis, and it was amazing. Can I tell you? I thought it was at a concert. I didn't know that Oprah could turn up like that, but it literally started out like a concert. And to be honest, I didn't even know what the occasion was. One of my friends who works with me asked me, do you want to go to see Oprah? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Oprah. Sure. She's like, here's, the, here's where we buy the tickets and bought the tickets and ultimately showed up and then basically figured out what it was once I got there. But it was this amazing conference that she had just speaking to wellness and the same things related to like Lizzo being you know, positive and about your body image and being healthy and doing things to ensure that you are healthy on the inside, healthy from a mental standpoint, healthy from a spiritual standpoint, and also from a physical standpoint. It was pretty cool. But I say all of that to say, one of the things that came out of one of her conferences was Lady Gaga made a statement that essentially said that primary care physicians should not be the doctors who are treating individuals who have <laughs> mental illness, anxiety, depression, oh my gosh. So on and so forth. And so it struck a nerve because I'm a did it now. family medicine practitioner. Oh, so, did it. I don't know. I, what are your thoughts? Do you think that that was something that you know ought to have been said? No. I mean, well, clearly if it was, I wouldn't tell you to your face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think what she said is something that should be put into practice. You know, we know as, profess- as a health professionals how hard it is to see specialists in general. And a psychiatrist is a specialist. 
And so getting them into see a psychiatrist can be really difficult. And on top of that, too, it can be expensive. And on top of that, too, takes time. Just like you and me, we're on the front line of, we see these patients, I see them at their worst. You see them on the front line and just routinely. And a lot can be done from your standpoint to prevent them from getting to my standpoint, from from getting to me when it's just, they're having a psychiatric crisis, whatever that may be. Um, You know, as a physician, any physician, you take three boards and you get taught, you get uh, tested in psychiatric disorders. So you have some level of psychiatric competency and you're supposed to be able to acknowledge and realize when somebody's, you know, in the extremists of psychiatric, uh, psych- psychiatric disorders, where they need to come to the hospital or when they presenting with something so that you can give them the help they need. Uh, exactly. And I think Gaga most likely, you know, she suffers from PTSD and she had like a, she had some really bad experiences. I think when she was she was 19 that I think have really affected her and how she uh, perceives healthcare, particularly mental health care. And I think she probably had a bad experience with the doctor or primary care uh-huh. doctor, which which pushed which which made that which probably was the foundation of her saying that what she said. Notwithstanding, though, I think that she has to be careful about what she's saying and the platform that she's using to say these things. Yeah. Right. Because she had a lot of influence over a large number of people. And so for you to get on stage and tell someone, tell the, tell your listening audience that they should not allow their primary care provider to treat the mental illness that they have is something that is incredibly dangerous. And I think it's misguided because she's not taking into consideration that she, as someone of means, someone of celebrity, has access to a whole host of resources that others don't, right? And so while she can call and have 10, 12, 13, 100 psychiatrists at her beck and call um, at any at a moment's notice, for the average individual, that's not reality. And so you have to access healthcare at the point where you can access it. And oftentimes, and most times, it's with your primary care provider. So, I know. It no, just, I totally agree. It just didn't sit well with me. It was almost like, you know, love Gaga, but she needs to stay in her lane. Like, that's not a lane that she ought to occupy. Like, you don't need to be talking about how people should access mental health care. Because she doesn't see the people who come into the office, teary-eyed, people who are incredibly depressed, people who are incredibly yeah. anxious unable to function, their livelihood is at risk because they can't perform in their jobs, their family life is at risk because they have tension here or they can't, you know, explain their feelings to their partners, to their children. All of these things come into play and sit before us in an office. And for you to tell someone in the midst of all of that that they should be seeking help solely from a psychiatrist is crazy. You know, and, and, and I probably shouldn't use that word. It is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, and on top of that, too, most special psychiatrists want a referral from a primary care doctor exactly. in order to even get in. So, and again, there are, I think, exercises like cognitive behavior therapy, things that can be taught at a primary care office that can bridge you over to seeing a doctor or it can actually be, can help you treat whatever you're, you're going through by your primary care physician. So like, I think that what she said was, again, was probably, and I'm always the person that gives people the benefit of the, of the doubt. That's just me. I try to. I'm pretty sure it came from a situation, a bad a situation that she had or an arrest she had with a primary care doctor. But I do agree with you, though. She does have access to resources. She is privileged in that manner. And she needs to understand that everybody does not have that. So to say that gives people a false perception 
of how they should be treating their mental health. And it also assumes that primary care physicians are engaging in malpractice, that we're doing something that we ought not be doing. And like you said, we take at minimum three boards because then you take your specialty boards on top yeah. of the three boards. That oh, that's true. Take. Yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah. Exactly. And I forgot so, about those. Yes. And so I think it's, it's incredibly dangerous, you know. And, you know, we can certainly see all of our patients write that referral, but when they see that person six months to a year later or however long it takes for them to get, you know, into the queue, who knows what happens in the intervening period? Yeah. You know? No, that's true. All that's true. That can be incredibly devastating to the person and also to those around them. And so it's something that needs care as soon as care can be provided. And so we can function as a bridge to that visit with the psychiatrist and help you manage your symptoms until such time that you can, you know, go and sit and seek help from a psychiatrist. And truth be told, a lot of patients don't actually like going to a psychiatrist because the relationship that you form with your primary care provider is one that is far stronger than you will with a a psychiatrist that you're going to meet for the first time. And so people feel more comfortable telling you things that they may not tell somebody who they're not comfortable with and so are familiar with. And so it just really, just really hit a chord with me, struck a chord with me because it has the potential to be so dangerous. How about this? Next time you go to a Gaga concert, just stop the whole concert and say, Gaga, you're hitting that note wrong. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. That, I that you know what trying to do? No, you, you, you off on a beat. You off a beat. Run it back. Right. <laughs> I would never dare to tell Gaga, oh, maybe you should, you know, do this with your music. She's appropriately trained and experienced in that field. And so for me to suggest that she should be doing something different is out of order. And so I think, likewise, she should not be instructing persons on how they should access care from a physician. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm probably really loud about this. Like, LJ, you're too loud as it comes to this. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you feelings, on this one. My feelings I'm, as it relates to this topic. But yeah, I'm not disagreeing just, with you. I'm not getting that paid. <laughs> no, but I just think when you when you know the reality of what it is on the ground and you think about patients who you're helping and who you're treating on a regular basis, it just seems so sad that persons may be misguided in that sense. You know? And it hurts that it happened on a on a stage that had so many individuals who were there to be inspired. How did Oprah respond to that? Did she say anything? I don't even know. I didn't even take the time to like you just <laughs> hit the floor immediately. Said, because I was like, what? What? Am I in the Twilight Zone? Like, did she really just like utter those words? Because even the American Academy of Family Physicians put out a statement regarding it because of the impact it can have, you know? And maybe we're just too sensitive about it. I just, had a, I just had another image of like the head of the American Family Physicians writing a letter to Lady Gaga, <laughs> like girl, first off, Lady Gaga. <laughs> like Lady Gaga, first off, girl. <laughs> and I'm sure, and honestly, even though this was upsetting, I'm sure she didn't mean anything. She didn't mean she didn't mean any ill will toward any anyone or any particular grouping of people. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's just so rough when you're in the trenches and you know what you're managing to have that be said by someone who has such a prominent platform is. Mm-hmm. It's just heartbreaking. But we got to keep on keeping on. Exactly. That's all I got on this on the topic. I mean, got to bring my blood pressure down. All right. 
yeah well i have nothing more to say on it either <laughs> um again i'm not i'm not that's a lane i'm not i'm not staying yeah, yeah, i'm staying in my lane on that one exactly no and but, deferring all to you and at the end of the day nobody probably even cares but it was something that was pretty i thought was pretty noteworthy and needed to be discussed okay well that was good it was so what are you doing for the rest of the night I am have to submit a paper. So academia. No, it's the first one. There's the first project where I'm the principal investigator and I started the project and I really just want to start it from beginning to end and finish it. I have no desire to do another one for a while. You know, it's hard work writing a paper. It's incredibly, incredibly. I started this in 2018. Submitted it, got it done, submitted it September 2019. Got the comments back from the editor of the my uh, my peer reviewer back in December, I want to say. Submitted it again last month, resubmitted it. They kicked it back again for these last minute edits. So I think the way they're the way they're talking, the way I was talking when I'm talking to people too about it, I think it's going to get accepted because normally they don't give you the feedback they give me unless they're leaning toward accepting it. So knock on wood, it'll get accepted. But that's what I've been trying. That's what I've been working on. So I am probably going to submit it tonight after I get off with you. And then after that, I'm just going to chill out, eat, and then I go to bed. Pretty boring night. I got to work in the morning, in the morning so got to be responsible. Look at you. I know. I hate being an adult. Me too. I have nothing exciting planned. I have some work to do before I go to bed, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Anyway, I had my fun this weekend, so I can't complain. Well, I can't complain, but I shouldn't complain. And you know, for me, I'm going to be departing pretty soon. I will be. Oh, that's right. Trinidad and Tobago. I'm so jealous. For Carnival 2020. And so. Jealous. Looking forward to that. And what happens in Trinidad stays in Trinidad. Look, look just take pictures and videos. I want to see. I've never been. I was supposed to go to, I was supposed to go, what year is that that y'all went? That 20, was that medical school y'all went? Whitney yeah. I wanted to go that year. I bet it was fun. But I'm going to go next year. I'm going to go next year for sure. Very nice. Yeah, I know that's where you're from, but that's another that's another story. I am from Trinidad Tobago's, <laughs> or at least I called it medical school. I used to pick on the pick on the I used to say Trinidad in the bagel. <laughs> she said <laughs> Trinidad in the bagel. <laughs> you're too loud. Okay, so on that note, <laughs> so we don't offend the great people of the you know the nation of Trinidad and Tobago, we're gonna wrap up this episode. We will. We will. And okay. So thank you guys all for uh, listening in with us. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. If you have any comments on the conversation about the Gaga situation or Lizzo, please send it to our social media, which is PC and pen on all social media platforms, right? LJ, that's Twitter. Right. So that's P-C-A-N-D-P-E-N, PC and pen uh, again on Instagram and on Twitter. Our Gmail account is also PCNPEN, P-C-A-N-D P-E-N at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us there. And as always, remember to know your PCP. And remember to check in with your PCP. And that ends the show. All right, guys. Till next time. See you later. Bye. Peace.